Welcome to Rutten Radio. Rutten Radio is a monthly podcast we bring you the first Wednesday of the month with the Rutten Brothers, Father Paul Rutten, Pastor of Immaculate Conception Parish in Watertown, Father John Rutten, Pastor of St. John Paul II Parish in Harrisburg, and Joe Rutten, Professor and Director of the Benedictine Institute for Leadership, Ethics, and Social Justice at Mount Marty College. Let's join them now for a little faith, family, and plenty of fun. Good morning, rock stars! You're listening to Rotten Radio here on RPR. That's a real presence radio. In Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and I'm your host, Joe Rutten, and I'm joined, as always, by my brother priests, Father Paul and Father John Rutten. You can join us here on any social media platform, preferably. We like uh, Facebook is always a good one you can jump on and and uh, dialogue with us a little bit, but uh, we've got this thing uh, all over the place, but you can use your iDevices and get Real Presence Radio app. If you don't have Real Presence Radio app, get it now. Wait, you can also ask Alexa. Oh, no way. Really? Yep, you can ask Alexa. We How were- to find Rutten Radio? Well, to find Real Presence Radio. <laughs> oh, okay. And then it'll play our okay. show. I was going to oh. say, Father Barron what and Mike mean? Schmitz, if, like, if you say Alexa, I said, which is annoying, I hate it. Because these commercials, and then my Alexa comes, like starts doing things, and I'm like, I was about okay, to ask, no, I was about to ask what? how you guys are doing, no, but <laughs> no, no, how do you do this? So you, you yeah. say to it, Alexa, okay. play Real Presence Radio, and then she says, which city would you like to listen to? And then I say Sioux Falls, and then she says, okay, and then it plays. <laughs> Incredible! I know. I can also say Alexa, daily mass readings. And then she'll read me the daily mass readings. And I can also say, some mysterious being knows every single thing that's spoken in my home. Absolutely. <laughs> Actually, two beings. God, God and some... Steve. Yes, Steve Jones. We, 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 we could get into conspiracy theories. Uh, and I was at a conference a couple of years ago, and they are talking about how the original ability to, uh, to um, clandestinely listen in on your home the fbi and different oh, yeah. people like this actually it was through your microwave Ooh, really yep through your microwave Interesting. Could do, yeah. anyway oh all right i'm joined uh, with with my brother's father paul up in uh, immaculate conception in watertown south dakota father john at uh saint john paul ii in harrisburg south dakota as always it's a pleasure brothers to be here with you and to spend the next hour together as we talk about faith and culture and particularly this uh this hour we're going to talk a little bit about fatherhood after our movie of the month so brothers what do you know what have you been up to uh, winding things down, uh, we just had confirmation, which is always a great time uh, for your parish as Bishop comes and uh, celebrates the great sacrament of the Holy Spirit, the gifts for the young people. Uh, it's kind of the end of all of our programming and stuff uh, for the sort of academic year for our parish. So now I'm hoping for somewhat of a quiet summer. If summer comes. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Will the rain ever stop? stop? Yeah, it's crazy. And then when I complain about it, right, I I complain about it, and I'm like, I better stop complaining and pray. Well, and you know, like one of my parishioners said, Father, God heard you. (laughs) So he heard you. All right. We have to trust. He yeah. knows what he's doing, and what does this mean for me? And yeah. for so, it's it's hard though, and it's a there's a lot of people out there struggling. Um, yeah. and but it's so the one thing we that. really can't control. 
You know, like they, we have no, I always say the Smurf episode of when the inventor Smurf invented the weather machine and, <laughs> and then they broke it. There's a podcast, uh, 99% Invisible. I don't know if you ever follow that one, but it's good information. One. Oh yeah, Kevin's over there, the studio guy's over there shaking his head like, oh yeah. Roman Mars, I believe, but on creating rain. And there's oh. actually a scientific way where they've tried to create rain. Yeah, wasn't that what happened in Rapid? <laughs> they tried to create rain and it rained. Flooded. Uh, yeah, it's it's, hard, it's sort of a difficult. Well, it's a the gift of being human is we have this uh, uh, creative nature about us. We have this desire to answer the need that we're in front of, and so there's the you know we're just talking about Alexa and all this stuff. Like it is incredible what people can do today and what we have the ability. But it also sort of puts us in a difficult place because then when we come up against our incapacities. It's even, it's like a new, you know, we haven't touched that before in the way. So we just like get overwhelmed by, whereas farmers in a sense, I mean, they're really in a tough spot right now, but we're beginning to experience what they experience all the time. Like, how is this going to work? You know, or even with like drainage, I mean, even farming has gotten the risk of things is less today. And so when we need more, no, no, the stakes may be higher. But there's insurance and there's oh, the ability right, right, right. to. You don't. It's yeah, tile drain. So I turn the thermostat down. Right, 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 right. You know, like I don't feel that I'm dependent as much. So when we come up against this rain and these things, not only is it monumental, but we don't have the um, the strength. We haven't experienced this in a while, and it oh. comes on you almost like a torrent, an avalanche, and you just want to scream. And the other day I was driving down the road and it started raining again. And there are people that are trying to build in Harrisburg. There's like construction going on. And I'm in my car. I'm with Scott Miller, the seminary. And I just finally scream. I'm like, please, God, would you stop the rain? You know, and it just was like in me. It wasn't yeah. something. Some, oh, Father, could you please pray for Wayne? No, I'm like, I am so exasperated by this. Because anyway. you can imagine dad trying to put a basement in. Yeah. And you can't get the basement in. If you can't get the basement in, you can't start the house. If you can't start the house, you mean like you're just like stuck. Yeah. And, and then everyone is stuck. Yeah. And then you'll go home and you have mouths to feed. Like, yeah. you know, remember when on the whiteboard, it would say, please pray for work. Like, yeah. The reason that was on the board is because dad was in desperation. Mom was in desperation. Like we got these mouths to feed. Yeah. And if dad can't put hammered the nail, yeah. no bucks get in that wallet. So, right. yep. anyway. So. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, thanks, Father Paul, for oh, yeah, no uh, taking us off into the weather. Sorry, there we go. We always enjoy that. Father John, what do you got going on? Well, I am on vacation. Yay! So, like every <laughs> priest, right? <laughs> Time to go. Vacation, uh, vacation, vacation. Yep. Weren't you I, just on vacation? Wait a minute. You seem to be gone more than I am. <laughs> well, this is, uh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, and that's uh, not an easy task. Yeah. When was the last time I was gone? Just last weekend. You were in Colorado. Oh, yeah. Well, I was trying to pretend like, like you, we were. Yeah. So I'm actually not on vacation right now because this is pre-recorded. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I was at a conference yeah, uh, for the weekend. Good. Yep, in Colorado. So, But this is like vacation. This is not yeah. work. This is like me going. Um, and that's all No, I but said. that's the other reality, right? Like if you're gone, you're on vacation, no matter what you're doing, like in people's minds. Oh, in people's minds. Yeah, yeah. you're not there. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's like, uh, is that true? If you're not there, oh my God, if you're not there. and then the, di- the difference is when you're at a parish that has two priests, people don't really realize, you know, I mean, there's just, hey, we, got, we got to do a little along. thing on priests. But when you got, do the inside, <laughs> when you got one priest, I mean, times. if you're not there at mass, Everybody like, then knows. what's where's father? 
you know, I mean, it's a legitimate question. If you're, Kid comes home and dad hasn't been there for 24 hours. You're like, where's dad? (laughs) So yeah, no, I was at a conference. And so there's, you know, priests get asked, there's so much need for the priesthood. And so these different conferences or these different missions and different lay movements and stuff have the need for the sacraments and leadership in the church. So, but this is like vacation where you literally... There's no one that is looking to you and saying, what's the answer, Father? There's nobody that's looking to you and saying, oh, Father, will you, you know. I hear you. There's no schedule. There's no You know, you don't have to put your, uh, you know, Tolkien down or the book you're reading. You just sit there and you look at the sun and you say, oh, the only thing I have to worry about today is um, whether I'm going to have chicken or beef uh, on the grill, you know, in five hours. So, yeah. So it's uh, enjoy. It's gonna be nice. Yep, going to Chicago where my old haunts Ooh. are from. Uh, Aunt Mary Jo is oh, there, so I'm gonna get go. to do the magnificent mile, mile with her, and I'm sure she'll take me to some fantastic restaurant and um, and then be with some friends. So yeah, well, that sounds uh, sounds fun, Father John. Going to Chicago. Chicago is good. I like Chicago. It's kind of it's close enough where you can go get big city, but mm-hmm. it's not um, you know. It's not Omaha, you know, yeah. it's an actual metro, and so is Minneapolis-St. Paul. Some about Chicago, though. It's like New York City in a manageable way. Yep. You know, you have Millennial Park, so you kind of got your Central Park feel. You got the, the Lincoln Park Zoo, so you can go see your animals for free. You, <laughs> you got the water, so you can go to the water. You know, you can go see Buckingham Fountain and remember growing up when yep. Married with Children was on late at night and your parents, you know, didn't know you were watching such a <laughs> TV show. And uh, so there's all this. There's, there's the subways. It's a real experience, but, you know, it's not Manhattan where you're like, totally lost awesome well we uh we have a great um great show here the first half hour we're going to do our movie review and then the second half hour talk a little bit about a theme that kind of extracts from the movie and that's fatherhood uh but winter's bone is the movie of the month for rutten radio here (laughs) in faith and culture and it came out in 2010 so it's got some years to it i was surprised a little bit at how young jennifer lawrence looked and now once you kind of look oh yeah it's nine ten years old um and obviously a lot of people know jennifer lawrence from hunger games and x-men and mystique and uh, you know she's a well-known actress uh, but just a disclaimer on it. We always like to give a, a short disclaimer, and that is that it definitely has adult themes to it. It's not that um, it's overly uh, it's raw. I guess is kind of yeah. there, it's real, and it's confronted with real issues. You know, substance abuse a little bit. You know, brokenness in families, violence. Uh, violence. There's violence in it, yep. and uh, so there is just a little disclaimer on it. But it's not. Uh, it's. Anyway, that's enough for the disclaimer. But with that, maybe we'll just jump in, do a little bit of a recap and overview of the movie, and then we'll jump into some thoughts and themes. So with that, Father Paul, you want to take it away with the uh, overview? Sure. So the movie opens up, and it's this young woman, Ree Dolly, who's kind of trying to take care of her family and put things together. You can tell it's definitely like sort of a backwoods, Ozark area. Um, And you find out that her father has skipped bail uh, and used the house as collateral for his bail. So there's this whole challenge then of this guy coming to want the house, she needing to figure out to find her dad. Where did he go? Is he alive? Is he not alive? Um, And so this just real 
realization of this young woman who is trying to keep everything together, and it seems like everything around her is trying to pull it all apart. Uh, her mother is incapacitated kind of mentally, um, and her two children are, are in need as well. So it, it really presents kind of this probably more realistic uh, homes than we would like to think exist. Uh, and so it's an interesting uh, story to fall into. So that's kind of the overview of the movie. Yeah, and is it uh, set in Appalachia or I forget exactly. It's kind of an Appalachian feel to it. Yep, the Ozarks. The Ozarks. And, you know, so you got the, the meth epidemic kind of yeah. ravaging the community and the, the families. And it doesn't seem like it's... Uh, privy to one person or, or another but basically everybody gets the epidemic in a yeah. sense everybody catches the drug fix uh even at one point and an uncle says to jennifer lawrence like um you know ha- have you warmed up to it yet you know like have, have you have you started and you know it's like yeah. nobody's off limits to the epidemic and you mentioned father paul that we might not want we might not realize how um real and how large of a problem this is the the, what's going on with the drug epidemic opioids and 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 meth and this type of stuff really is ravaging our country yeah and not just the big cities this is the thing you know and that's the i think the danger um of of meth is it's really more of a small town thing you know they make the batches in, in out in the country and you know uh and it's destroying uh, families just ravishing families, and so the number of you know you'd say maybe even teenage kids who are raising their own families because their parents aren't aren't around or aren't able to, and uh, and you like to think that that's not what we experience here in South Dakota, but absolutely it, it's here, you know, and yeah. I think it's here more than we'd like to. So. So this is the context for the movie. I thought I found it a very provocative movie. It, it moved along at a at a speed which was um, slow. But I didn't feel like it dragged on. Right. I felt like it, it moved. It, 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 uh, and so it's not necessarily an intense, gripping thriller, but it's intense. There's right. moments. It's more of the, the slow grab you. Like, you don't realize it. Like, at first, you're just kind of watching it and like, oh, this is a nice story. And, and then it, and I'm trying to, I can't even remember exactly the moment where, like, I realized, like, I'm hooked. Right. <laughs> like, like I, I got to figure this out. Like, right. But it's it, really good. But if you, you know, have so not many movies it. open up and they got this big explosion or they got right. this big thing and it really just grabs you right in the first few minutes and you're just like drug along through the whole thing and and it's just you know and then it's all of a sudden it's like very ordinary. You know, she's a high school girl. She goes to school. Uh, you know, like you realize like this just. Without without giving it away, and then I'll talk. We'll, we'll turn to thoughts and themes here. Uh, the one I realized immediately, like, and I don't want to give anything away, but there's a coffee cup incident, <laughs> and I was like, <gasps> it just got real, yeah. <laughs> you know, like. And then you, I realized, wow, I was, I'm, I'm hooked. I'm in, yeah. like, and I'd been in for a while, but I agree, uh, Paul, that you kind of get drawn into it before you realize that you're, you're hooked. So, thoughts and themes, Father John, you got any insights or things that jump out at you initially that you'd like that to jump a off? A person needs a place in which they are capable of growing. Um, yeah. There's no way around that they will look for a human being will look for a place in which they can mature which they can grow. Uh, God created the family for this purpose. It's not a place, a locality. It's a people. A person needs a group that with which they grow. And the family is the place that begins. And then it grows to the immediate 
dynamics of who that family introduces that person to. and then it just, you know, and at a certain point, the person takes their own path with which they then adhere, but the family is always that place. And if that family unit isn't the place, right, they will need to find another place. And so you see in this that this girl is constantly looking for this place um, in which she can discover who she is and her identity. And she, uh, and you, the, so that would be the one thing. And then behind the reality are all of these groups, these places that have matured people. And when you become this, and so secretly behind the scenes, you know, that scene where they go into the woodshed, you know, there's the guy at the, there's, there's the guy at the, man, I guess we always, oh, we, well, I guess if you watch these, then, you know, we ruin different things. So <laughs> there's the guy at the stockyard when he, she right. discovers sort of who's behind the scenes of all these things. So there's a person that is the origin of a companionship of a group and it's like right in sight, but it's not in sight. Mm-hmm. And in a way, this, this is the difference between good and evil or what is a place that matures one to become themselves or a place that matures one to become less of who they are is the Christian community is the same way. It's sort of like there, but not there. But the the the, uh, the community that is of good sends someone to the light. They open someone. They send them out. It's open to the world. And the place of evil or of darkness sort of always wants to keep closed. Right. And it she continues to... to want to open up. Mm-hmm. Anytime somebody right. says, stay to the woods, stick to your own place, mind your business, this isn't a girl's <laughs> place to, be, to, yeah. to know, all of those things, she looks it straight in the face and she is like, ah, uh, no. And she goes right into it. Um, but with full knowledge, it's not, I mean... It isn't like somehow she's naive. I would not say that this girl is naive. She might not know the full extent of what awaits her, but she does know that forward is the path that she needs to take, even if fear might be present to her. Yeah, you know, and the other thing I think with it as well is is she's really well aware that that house is important. You know, that, that they really can't just uproot and move somewhere. Like, so it really is all about this house. Like she needs to keep this house, you know? And so I think as you, as you said earlier about that, that place to, to, to be formed, the place to live, like she knows that if they lose this, there really is nowhere to go for them. And I think, again, that's why she's so determined to fig, find her dad, to figure out what's going on so that she can keep the house so that in turn, she can keep what little semblance of a family she has right. <laughs> together like it's just driving because ideally even even as father john talks about the people that it's not a place or, or you, you talked about uh, a place of growing that that place isn't necessarily like a physical thing but a people it actually it, it might actually also include a physical place that there might be a stability and a rootedness that comes from the act because we're material creatures too right it, that material things matter the place in which we are does matter to some degree now can does it matter totally or but the location in which you live does have some impact for better or for worse upon your maturing sure i mean in a cup in a numerous different ways number one the way in which things are structured is going to determine how people live together you know i remember when uh someone told me 
they were talking about O'Gorman High School and they were saying how when they rebuilt the high school, they noticed a change in the community that people related differently because of how it was built. Sure. And I was really struck by this. This wasn't coming from somebody Explain that- Explain what you mean by that. Well, they basically said like in the previously when you went there, you know, you had the door you could go down at the bottom to, or you had the steps you could go up to the top through. When you got up to the steps, you sort of entered this vacuous space that, you know, you had three directions you could go. The principal's office was off the down the one hallway, but if you went down, then there was like the director's place. The band room was way down at the end of the hallway. Like every, every, it didn't produce a place in which people sort of, well, it produced a certain kind of result as a human people. Right. The new high school you walk into and there's a central focal, everything you need is right there. People come and go and they just notice. And then the classrooms are down three different wings. Right. They're off to the side. The chapel is in the center. The right. So you, I do think the place matters. Right. But if you're just dropped into that place and there's no people there. Right. Uh, so it's Certainly. a secondary thing. Sure. And the the thing the human heart is most deeply looking for is another of its own. Right. And, and so we're ultimately it, dropped, not into, we're dropped into a family. Yes. Right. Yes. And from the family is that original cell or that nucleus where we, we come to know ourselves, we come to be nourished, grow, um, hopefully for the positive and the better, but with the brokenness of life comes those things as well. So that, that sense of family being the place in which you grow is a theme that you really extracted from, mm -hmm. from the film. Father Paul, you got uh, kind of initial things that jump out at you or insights that you gained? You, you know, I, again, I think her willingness to, to, to keep her siblings together, you know, there's that moment where the, it was the uncle said he would take the boy, uh, <laughs> you know, and there was just something not right about his, wanting to take the boy and, and she was like over my dead body will you take this like over you know like this real sense and I think today it seems like that that is lacking like we're so quick to just let families dissolve or we're so quick to say well you fend for yourself I'm off to do my thing and uh, especially a woman who was of an age that she really could have sort of you know kind of done her thing and, and moved on um, the other thing that I noted in it is I never felt a sense of like bitterness towards her family like and looking around at high school and all the other things that she could see out there, she really, I think, just accepted that this was her family. Mm. For better or for worse, it was the family she was given. And, and I think that's such a hard thing. I mean, I think about how many of us, even in high school, wished we had a different family just for a moment. Like, oh, if I was only born in that family. Or, you know, we just think somehow... If the family I had was a different family, then my life would be easier. Yeah, I always wanted to be the Earlys or the Noonans. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and I think everyone wanted something else and, and that right. ability. But I never really sensed like that was her. Like she wasn't angry that this right. was her family. Like this is her family. And, it, right. and and it's her mom and her mom's situation and, and her dad. And, you know, like all those things. Uh, she just seemed to have that, that ability uh, to to move from it. So it reminds me a little bit of how important it is for me to be grateful for so many things, but particularly for the stability of my own family. Yeah. You know, I, we really were blessed. We grew up in one home. I mean, how many people today would say that yeah. they grew up in one home? Um, but then even looking back at 
uh, mom's family. And by that growing up one home, you mean they moved there in 1977 right. when you and not, I were yes, born, right. and they moved out after dad died yeah. eight right. years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah, so that stability of a family of parents together in marriage over the long term, not without its challenges or brokenness, but stability rooted in oh, one yeah. location. So again, you're saying the dual the dynamic. Both. There's yes, one the, location and there's one and there's one family. family. Yeah. So yeah. there's stability on, on both fronts. Well, and um, I mean, without getting into all of the details, though, I think it's really important and mom forgive us for this but it's not as if it was easy or perfect or that they didn't have very close calls to going a different direction yeah, just totally. so that the people listening to this don't think oh yeah the Rutten family thing. was no is it was still quite far crazy from, uh but grace yeah yeah you know. grace and you know what mom always mom said one time i think maybe when dad died or around that that the two things that they tried to give us was um was faith and love you know, that you retain this gift of belief uh, in Christ and in, in God, and then you better learn to forgive because this, this thing's a journey. We're broken, and it's going to be an important part to healthy living. So gratitude, I thought, I, th- I was thinking back, you know, uh, we live in a, in a world today that's different than it was 100 years ago when boarding houses and orphanages and you look at mom's family. I mean, mom's family, they were all over the place. And at one point, literally, grandma had to go collect kids <laughs> yeah. from different yeah. places. Now, this reaped, uh, for, for worse, um, a number of problems within the family and within sure. individuals and children. But generally speaking, are we? That'd be a good study. Are we more healthy as a fam- as families today than we were? I don't know, but there was a lot of shipping kids off, and if your kid had disabilities, you might ship them off. If the girl got pregnant, you might ship her off. You know, sure. so this idea of just kind of scattering kids around orphanages and these types of things, and we still have it today. But I don't. I wonder if today we don't have a little bit of something that we could be more grateful for in um, how we treat brokenness in families and i don't know but i know mom's family i mean boy they were all over the place yeah no i think that at the same time though they're they're if they were run well there was also a place to give reprieve you know i think about you know single parents and they're trying to get it all figured out and, and they just they need a break for right. a moment and and there's just and there and lies again some of these challenges that that all kinds of things begin to happen because you're just exhausted and you and you don't have the ability so at least grandma could send some kids off for a little while gather herself right. and then bring them back right and you then know? you do bring them back uh, right that that ability to to be able to to look at all of that uh in the midst of it all yeah you yeah know? so um, I, the hour, the half hour has just flown by. I know, got, I know. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, we that's got all a half good. hour. Yeah, Almost. that's that's about a half hour. So I just, uh, uh, you can give a horse away, but you can't give away a sibling. Yeah, you know, it's a different kind. You can, and people do, and sometimes they have to, but it's not the same. And when she gives the horse away, she gives a horse away. Yeah. When she has to give her br- per- kid, siblings away, nope. it's a different, different story there. Yeah. So I'll finish out with this half hour, just kind of wrapping it up with one insight I had. And that it comes from Fulton Sheen as much as anything is, is that dignity, the dignity of human life, that life is worth living. Yeah. Hmm. Whatever the circumstances are, whatever preservation is like natural and ins- but there is a dignity to life and it's worth living no matter what your circumstances are. And I thought the movie did a great job of contextualizing that. 
with that, we'll wrap up our first half hour here on Real Presence Radio with Rutten Radio. And uh, please stick around, stay tuned, and we'll be right back for the last half hour. Peace. You're listening to Rutten Radio on the RPR Network. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more of the Rutten Brothers after these messages. The only things hotter than the summer heat are the rates to run radio spots on the RPR network. That's not all. The signal of Real Presence Radio reaches an audience of over 2.1 million people across North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. Hi, this is Brett Byler, Area Account Executive with Real Presence Radio, and I want to help you grow your business in front of a very faithful customer base. Don't wait. Call me, Brett Byler, at 605-670-8333. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday on Real Presence Live, it's Straight Talk from 9.30 to 10 a.m. Central. You're addressing critical Catholic issues in a fun way. Straight Talk is your opportunity to share questions and comments on topics relating to the faith or on things happening in the world around us with our local hosts and priests. My question is... I have some questions about the bishop. Very good questions. Thanks for the guidance. Straight Talk, 9.30 to 10 Central, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday mornings on Real Presence Live. Hello, I'm Linda Baldwin with the Mustard Seed Catholic Store here in Sioux Falls. We are now open, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday and 9 to 5 on Saturdays. We're located at 3709 South Grange, just west of Costco. We stock Catholic books, artwork, saint medals, rosaries, Bibles, parish supplies, plus mystic monk coffee and gifts for those special occasions like baptisms, First Communion, and Confirmation. I look forward to your visit to the Mustard Seed Catholic Store here in Sioux Falls. Abbey of the Hills invites you to join them on the second Tuesday of each month to learn and grow in your faith. A different speaker will be featured each month with a variety of presentations scheduled. The topic on July 9th is Understanding the Furniture in Our Churches with Father Jim Breen. Then on August 13th, From Islam to Catholicism with Speaker Fariba Ruffhead. And in September, it's Journey to Lords France with Father Mark Lichter. Each session begins at 10, includes a free will offering lunch, and concludes at 3. Visit abbeyofthehills.org for details. You know, so many Catholics, you know, they're, you know, they've been Catholic their whole lives and they've been filled with information. And we often, oftentimes we forget information. Um, but Catholic Radio, it really has the power to um, bring about formation. Mm-hmm. You know, formation, and it's not just information that we receive, but it's about form- the forming of our hearts, you know, closer to Jesus Christ as we listen to these, you know, the wonderful broadcasting um, on Real Presence Radio. And, you know, no matter how long we've been Catholic, the Lord has more for us, and He desires to draw us deeper. And and and, and you know the programs on, on, on Real Presence Radio um, allow the Lord to deepen His life in us. I mean, if we're paying attention, and we see it not just more information that we you know that that we're receiving, but this is really an opportunity as we listen, as we're driving down the road, listen to Catholic Radio, that the, we're giving the Lord the opportunity to continue to deepen our life in Jesus, to form our hearts to be like it, that of His own. This is Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Radio Network. Now, back to more faith, family, and fun with the Rutten Brothers. Welcome back to Rutten Radio here on Real Presence Radio Network. 
joined once again by my rock star brothers, Father John and Father Paul. There are other brothers, by the there way. Are, and they are rock stars clan. as well. Yep, the Cowboys. Yeah. Uh, Digger, Rick out in Cologne, mm-hmm. South Dakota, and Tom down in Canton. And then, of course, the four sisters, can't, can't the uh, sisters. rock stars as well. So with that, we want to transition <laughs> and wrap up here. The first half hour, we had this great movie. I really, really encourage you to go check it out if you haven't. Um, Winter's Bone. And Jennifer Lawrence just does an outstanding job uh, in it. You can see, Father Paul, you mentioned about her transcendence as an actor. Like, she's a pinnacle within her... her demographic and 10 years ago man these would probably would have been the place in which she started it is a great performance by jennifer lawrence so family's at the heart of the conversation really and so we want to just kind of wrap up that movie and then transition into the second half hour here where we talk with our our kind of around the, the concept and topic of fatherhood uh, for the month so with that uh, kind of final thoughts or insights or, or takeaways from winter's bone I'll let either of you take a minute. I, I, we can have pause. Can we actually have silence? Is radio silence no, good? No, actually, no. they <laughs> don't like the radio. It. No, no, I don't no. mind it. Is but, there such but a th- people paying for the radio do not like it, silence? Is there such a thing in uh, the Ruttons? Well, Father Paul has silence. I can silence. I do silence. I do silence. Mm-hmm. But uh, closure. I think in my mind. That was kind of the, the the final takeaway. Like there are certain things in our life that we do need to bring to closure, so that we can move on. And I just I, I think about things in life, in general, uh, and if we don't give closure to them, uh, they just sort of they they won't go away, you know. And so that proper closure was kind of what I would say was my takeaway in the end. Um, hmm. My, my takeaway was something sort of not about the plot, but just uh, people are different. <laughs> and I just couldn't help but think, like, here we are in this story of these kind of mountain people and this meth epidemic and stuff, you know. And there's people in, you know, Denver who live in the streets yeah. and are dirty and haven't showered and are, you know, skinny and uh, from not eating and are on meth too. And, you go, you know, in Bombay, there's millions of people on the streets and like, uh, people are different, uh, but everywhere there is this recognition that like we aren't, humanity is not what it should be, mm-hmm. not what you want, what nobody looks at that and says, oh, this is great. Uh, but when you meet somebody who has life, when you meet people who are filled with joy, you say, this is what we're supposed to be. Uh, and everywhere you go, there's this dynamic and it sort of is within this culture that flows from how people live. I'd take, uh, there's a line in there toward the end where she says, I'd be lost without the weight of you on my back. Oh, yeah. And I thought, you know what? It reminded me of the Boys Town motto. You're not heavy, you're my brother. Mm-hmm. And this idea of what is the weight that we carry in a healthy way that gives meaning to our lives. Um, the weight that I do carry, uh, do I cultivate an attitude of gratitude or do I complain, <laughs> you know, or what it, mm. but just to be grateful for that weight, because I think we know, and you, as priests, you realize that when you lose the weight, then you realize how important the weight was to you. 
So when somebody dies or you have separation or people move. So I think that's, that's it for me, that the weight that we carry on our back is something to be grateful for. And I'm grateful for the ones that the Lord's given me to consider as a father. All right. I have a response. Who, who is my family? And how am I cultivating that family? And how am I being responsible? And how do I pass on uh, the concepts to my own children? So, and with that, just kind of transition, I really just leave it with fatherhood and that next conversation that says, right, this theme of fatherhood is, as we in this month celebrate, um, you know, Father's Day, and we have ordinations to, uh-huh. to priesthood, which is another fatherhood, uh, just to spend a little time uh talking about that. So I, I really am fascinated around the concept, Father Paul, when you said, hey, let's talk about fatherhood. All of a sudden, it's like, I'm like, yeah, what are the commonalities between priests and father in, in physical fatherhood? Um, and then what are the differences? And because I don't know that we know always what sure. it, fatherhood is for you. What does fatherhood mean for you as a priest? You know, I, I do think it, it's probably similar to to a person who's a biological father. The only difference is, like, with often with fatherhood for for you, you got to grow with it. So you started with a little baby, uh, and then you got to sort of figure it out as the baby's growing up. Uh, we get thrown into it, uh, and so <laughs> there's already grown adults. Uh, there's already people who have been formed by another father, uh, and so. Sometimes in the beginning, we're learning from them. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, uh, like being able to find somebody that can help you understand. And it's the same thing, though, too. I'm sure as a dad, your father, you were asking some other man, right. like, what am I doing or what, what am I not doing? Um, but there, there's a lot of things, that, you, you know, I think so many similarities uh, that, that it, you know, the, the kind of the things that a, a dad wants to do is provide, protect. Uh, to establish, you know, those things. And so you really want to help your par- parish family grow, like mature, like raise them. And I think, the again, this real challenge that both that men face in general is we can sometimes spend so much time and energy working to provide that we forget about the being with, you know, uh, and that ability, you know, sometimes dads in the beginning are so busy, they're just not around. Same thing with the priest. Like you can be so busy because you're trying to get everything done and do all these things that you're not really around uh, and, and present to them. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's just so many. I mean, I think the kids in the parish. Like I always feel bad if somebody has a parish without kids. Like because the kids really are the ones that help you understand. At least for me, in a real way, you know, this just this fatherhood. Uh, the, the other day, I was I was sitting there. It was the end of mass, and I was just kind of a moment of silence before the closing prayer. And I look out, and there's this little kid, Karsten, who's two, and he's in the front row. And he, and he I catch his eye, and he catches my eye, and then he waves at me. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> I mean, I, you couldn't like not respond. Uh, and then his mom looks at me and is trying to figure out what's wrong with me because what, what am I doing? And then she looks at her son and she's mortified because she <laughs> realizes it's her son that has just now distracted the priest. And like, oh, she was so – and I was like, absolutely not. I'm like, that was such a beautiful moment right there. Like this little kid, uh, like waves. 
hi. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and so, so it's like, you know, how do you stand before that and not smile? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so for me, things like that, uh, you know, it, it's just evident. Um, and then even just the ability to be present to people and their families and all their situations. I mean, a priest is is involved in all of it, right. you know, and the number of people, uh, when they they get your number, uh, they want you to be at everything, you know, and it really is just such a great thing. So, I mean, there's Can a that lot. be hard? Yeah, because you can't do it all, you know? So we always have graduation uh, Memorial Weekend, uh, and so it was like everything. I mean, like when it rains, it pours. And so in the morning on Saturday at a quinceañera, which is the 15-year-old birthday for a Hispanic person, I don't speak Spanish. So I had this girl come at the 815 Mass, and we had a big celebration at Mass for our 15th anniversary. Then I had graduation parties to go to. And then I get a text from my sister-in-law, hey, we're going to be in town this week, and we should have lunch. And I'm like, sure, why not? Let's have lunch. And then another person was like, hey, we're having a surprise birthday party or party for a family. You should come have that too. And I'm like, sure, why not? Then the Hispanic family's like, well, you're coming to our dinner tonight, aren't you? What if you? you don't like people (laughs) well and this is the thing like this is the real thing and i i mean it's it's not easy i mean it it takes a lot of energy and i do love people uh but if you really don't love people the priesthood is hard Mm -hmm. well yeah i mean i i think uh i'm kind of uh in a sour mood so i think this is a good place to put this in play uh um the, the, because it's like um, what the difficulty I get into is it's it and it can end up being like your children telling you how to be their dad. Oh, sure. Yep. That's like raising teenagers. Yeah. You know, <laughs> what do I mean, you I'm mean? not I'm not no. directing this at you. No, Paul. no, 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 no. I'm, I'm saying this yeah. in general because of the way like I am disposed right now. This is what plays out in the priesthood is right now. I say to myself, well, I can't do what Paul does. Right. I can't be at everything. Someone wanted right. to have dinner with me. I can't go to dinner for six weeks, right? Uh, yeah. Because evenings are full. If you call the dentist, they don't say, "Oh, I can't come in right now. I'm going to come." Well, can you come in? And, no, they say, "They say, uh, yeah, we're open from right, eight to right, five. Right. Okay. The priest. When does the priest do it? All marriage prep, all baptismal prep, all this stuff at night. When when are people available to be in families to go eat dinner at their house at night on the weekend? Uh, when like it it is. It is not easy, and it is a challenge to figure out how do you do this. And this is new. I uh, one of the older priests told us at one of the gatherings. He said, "You guys have so much more work than we had before. Marriage prep was not what it is today. Yeah. Before you just like it just was different. Baptismal. This whole thing is like totally different. And is it for a period of time, today? we had these groups where you came to baptismal class. Well, now every time you come to baptismal class, many of the couples have other things that need to be discussed and worked on. So then you need to do individual meetings. So we stopped doing baptismal classes because why put people in front of that when you're going to have to meet with them all again? So I just say this because it is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I experience what you talk about, Father mm-hmm. Paul, and I love my people. Mm-hmm. But right now, I'm in front of this thing because you call me to account at the beginning of the show and say, you're on vacation all the time. I haven't been on vacation no, since don't. August. Yeah, no, August. I, yeah. I have not been on real vacation since August. Yeah. And yet, if I'm called to be the chaplain at, for communion liberation and I need to like discern about whether I should go and be present or whether you're called to, you know how many invitations from Focus I receive to go and be their chaplain for missionary work? Oh my it's gosh, It's beautiful yeah. work. These students need the priest, but the priest doesn't just come out of nowhere. The priest comes out yeah, of 
uh, somewhere where he already has people. And so there are so many places in which the priesthood is loved. And I feel called to a particular place, but when I'm gone, gone, it doesn't mean I'm on vacation. Right. It means yeah. I'm, I haven't been gone since August. And yet, then what does someone come up and says, Father, I haven't seen you in a long time. Or Father, you've sure. been, well, you, boy, you get to go everywhere, Father. What I really should be saying in my better moods, what I say is, yeah, shouldn't you want to be a priest? <laughs> you get to see the world. And I do. I love the priesthood. But right now, right, I'm, I'm like in front of this thing. Who am I? Do I ever get to go anywhere? Uh, And it's kind of like as a dad, if you can imagine everyone in your parish telling you how you should be a dad. That's in some way what it ends up being if we don't find a rootedness in the Heavenly Father. We're trying to look at every other priest and say, is there a way I can balance what I do or don't do? How many people can I get these people to approve of where I give my ministry or don't? And in the end, all the people want is to see you. But the only time that is, is on Sunday at 9.30 or at 4.30, that's the only, like, does that make sense? Like, there's there's this limited time in which they desire to see you or they invite you into your life. Well, you start doing that and all of a sudden there's, <clears throat> you can only go to so many things sure. because you got all these baptism meetings, marriage prep meetings, everything's at night. <clears throat> When the basketball game is, when right, the soccer right. game is. Well, and you uh, have a thousand people or, you know what I mean? Like you have, I have five, you know, and I can, you know, barely do five. I can barely do my family, let alone. So that idea that says, um, we both can learn from each other, right? Yeah. That we both have, there's control things, there's boundary things, there's, do I get my time? Uh, and then as you're talking, I'm like, well, wait a minute. I know a lot of married people that do what you just talked about. And it's their children that are leading them around constantly in life. And they just do their beck and call. It's one sport to the next sport to this, to that. I mean, the number of families that I talk to where it's just like at my age demographic, yeah, where it is this monster thing of constant um, manic movement. Just go, 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 this, that, this, that, organ. And it's like, wait a minute here. Who's in control? Yep. Who's in charge? And then I ran into somebody a long time ago. A family told me once that they made a decision with their children that their children would not do summer sports wow. and that they would do the lake. They were either. Sure. And I remember thinking, wow, they're in, they're like, we're going to get, we're going to do the lake together as a family, or we're not going to do the lake and we're going to do your baseball and softball. You guys, you know, it's like they made the decision. Then just not too long ago, ran into somebody that you know as well, John, and they made the same decision, but they made the decision or, but they, they let the kid make the decision. They said, Hey, do you guys want to do summer? Do you want to do baseball or do you want to get a lake cabin? We can do the lake thing. And they actually, so they chose the lake, the boys, the kids chose the lake. And so as a family, they became they drive their boat all over the place and go different place. And eight years later, now they bought a lake house because they've been driving their boat around for, and they yep. built all this family stuff. Now, I don't know that one or the other is right or wrong, but I do think that both of us can be in a state of fatherhood where we have to, we want to be careful about control and planning and who's, are we just blown with the wind? There's lots of people that wake up after their kids are gone and they're like, who am I? And that's the priest. But the priest lives it from the minute they start until the minute they end because the people that really have the most presence in the parish are the people of that age. 
And right. so you, at some point you say like, who am I? Yeah. What am what, I? Don't know. Depending upon where you're at too. I mean, a country priest is probably. Yeah, I, be, I'm sure it's total. I mean, each place is, is going to be different, but here's the, the irony is then Memorial day crickets. There wasn't an invite. There wasn't a phone call. And so it was like, Lord, couldn't you have like spread this out? Like, couldn't you have like, like not made it all in 48 hours? And then I could have enjoyed, you know, other things. And so this other challenge of at times you don't have anything to do per se, anything to do. And what am I going to do now? Or how do I deal with that as well? And, And so just this ability to be able to really say, well, what am I being asked what is the Lord asking of me in this moment, in mm-hmm. this place, in this situation? You know, all those things. And as a parent, we never get that day. Oh, yeah, you do. Uh, you never get rid of your kids or your wife. Like, you never get the day where nobody calls until they graduate from high school. Well, so then you get the day. What's that? Then you get the day. Then you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, but that, that sense of, like, there, we don't have to deal with that fluctuation. That mountain to valley, like now there's nothing. Like it's it's this huge long twelve year span and or eighteen and then then we've got like so this loss oh, of serious identity sure. comes for the father after yeah, after mm-hmm. and then there, so there's it's a different type the of midlife a, crisis. The midlife crisis for the father revol- is different. Happens like we were saying with the weather. When it is like torrential, where for us right. it happens in little bits. It's drips. I want to hear what you were saying. I lost my train of thought. That's all right. So in, so in no, 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 no. That I want to, I want to stay with this because we were right in the middle of it. This is, this is the, the, the difficulty of being the priest. I mean, this is really turning into something different than we planned. But this is the practicality. We could talk about all kinds of theory. That what happens is when, so you say Memorial Day, okay? Right. So I say, I'm going to live this then, and I'm going to go on Memorial Day. I'm glad this works on Memorial Day. I got this thing I have to go to and uh, in Colorado for CL, and so I'm going to do this. And I'm thinking, great, it's on Memorial Day. Like, people aren't going to be around. I'm not going to have to worry about everybody, you know, you're on vacation again. And then I get back, and I'm getting ready to go on vacation. And then what do you say? You say, oh, you're on vacation vacation all the time. Uh Well, everyone that I know is going to listen to this, and then in their mind is, father's on vacation all the time. Sure. But it, like, wasn't, does that make sense? Like, there's this constant thing where everyone else is like living this life, and then the priest is tied to 1,000 families' ideas of who he should be. And, and, I and think, you say to yourself, like, what do we do? And in the right. end, I know the only answer is I have to do God's will. Yep. Yeah. See, here's the thing. I think this is, at least for me, I just have accepted that that's, that that will be the thought of people. And either I can let the thought of the people constrict me in what I'm doing or not doing, or I can except that people are going to think I'm on vacation anytime I'm gone. I mean, I, I, even with an associate, there were times where, so I'm there at the beginning of mass and then somebody calls me at the hospital and I don't come back at the end. And they're like, well, Father, we didn't see you. Uh, like, what, you just take, you just don't work when Father Eckridge is around? <laughs> it's like, Can but, you, but so, so, so here's the thing. No, no, so I have to accept that in my mind. Mm-hmm. And I can either say, that's their their idea. I can be bitter. I can be angry, whatever. Or I can say, well, you know, sometimes we think dad's not around either. And, but dad's really actually doing something important. It just doesn't happen to be with me at this moment. And 
And then I have to check myself as well. And really just like, am I, am I doing what I think I'm supposed to do as a priest? And um, am I trying to convey as much as I can, whether or not, you know, what I'm doing is vacation or not vacation or, uh, and I guess for me, it's just accepting that most people don't know and won't. Uh, and that's, that's life, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, well, because if you're gone, it doesn't matter why you're gone. It's, you know, but I'm like, well, so I don't. either this was going to turn out to be an incredibly beautiful show or one of the worst we've ever done. Well, why but, is that? But, but again, I, they're all great. No, so, but so, so in this, let me, let me just finish my thought though. Um, in that though, is this ability to say, this isn't matching what I think it should. What do I do now? And that's again, back to this reality. Then I have to go back to God and say, well, help me. Yeah. Help me to be at peace and not be bitter when somebody says, oh, you're on vacation again. Because <laughs> my, my statement, as you know, my statement was from complete understanding that you weren't on vacation. Yeah. You know, and so I'm like, yep, but I, but I get it, you know. Oh, Father's always on vacation. Um, or we do this. This is the other thing that we do, which is really sneaky. We go on vacation between Monday and Friday, and then nobody knows. But the difficult— No, yeah. then nobody knows because they only see you on Sunday. So as long right. as you leave between Monday and Friday, only the 25 people that come to daily mass really know that you weren't here. Uh, but then are you really gone? Like, are you really on vacation? Because the whole time I'm on vacation, I'm thinking about all the things I have to do for the weekend. And then you're not really on vacation. But that's the other thing we'll often do is like, well, I'll just go during the week and nobody will really know I'm gone. And, the, and one of the challenges <laughs> I find with that is that I have lay friends. And so it's like, so I can only go, I, you know, I don't want to go on vacation by myself. Oh. I want to go, I want to live my, share my life with my friends. You know, it's like you guys at the cabin, Joe, you know, your family and the Kendall's family would love to open their house to us. Well, I don't want to go by myself. I want to go with my friends, <laughs> you know? So, but they can't go during the week. They got to right. work. Uh, you know, well, I can't go on the weekend. I got to work. Right. Uh, and so there's, this is actually a, a topic that, I'd be interested in people out there listening. Priests aren't the only ones as well. Now I know that you're definitely different because you don't have like 12, you can't just call in a, a sick day or, you know, you don't just call in, Hey, you know, somebody will cover my shift. You know, you can't call in, <laughs> uh, but there are whole demographics of people that work nights. Yep. There are whole demographics of people that work weekends. There are whole demographic. I mean, there, you know, think of mom, where yeah. was mom for, you know, well, yeah. she was working. And, yeah. and then, you know, my neighbor, the neighbor, she's, she's a nurse, she's a, a doctor on the weekends. So she works Friday, Saturday, Sunday, every weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then she works 12 hour shifts. So she literally is like gone for three days hmm. to her family every single weekend. Now, just point being that there's other people yeah, out no, there absolutely. that have similar, you know, situations. And, and so, you know, these are dynamics. Um, when when we kind of come back to to fatherhood and the the topic of of fatherhood within the priesthood and I think you guys give some great great insights the rawness of which you wear it on your sleeve that says hey this can be a challenge right Father John's on one side saying you know kind of just letting it out raw, raw you know like hey this is it I think that priests have one thing working against them and that is the reality is is that almost everybody judges you by seven minutes on Sunday for the general, the most people, 
in public would say whether or not they're a great priest dependent upon on seven minutes. So if you're a good preacher, that's really, really great. And if you're not, then it's now the other side of that is you're from, it is, I mean, it is the truth out there for another reason. And and so then when you look at it, you're like, all right, that's, the reality, and then the other side is, is that you have a thousand people that are constant. You're the only one to a thousand people, whereas everybody else is a th- is one of a thousand. Yes, but we don't look at you that way. You're just our priest, mm. and so you have that 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 second thing. And then on the flip side is from birth to death, the one person that we call is the Father. priest. Yeah. Is the and, and this is probably Protestants as well, right? But so you're constantly on call. There is no off. Even then you got, you go on vacation and you're like, now, how do I turn this brain off? How do I, the thinking thing off, you know? And so with great sympathy, compassion, but as well, excitement and joy, the blessing your fatherhood is. Yeah, I think what you say is important because maybe it goes deeper than the vacation issue. Um, It goes to the fact that we're like always living the Facebook mentality where everybody gets to like speak into our world. Whereas you guys maybe have a few people that you sort of have to work through. What does it mean to be jealous? What does it mean to have someone judging you? What does it mean to figure out who you are? You know, the the numbers are so consuming sometimes. And you, in the end, the beautiful thing is the only answer is to be known by God. Mm -hmm. And when I know I'm loved by God, everything falls in place. The father of fathers from which all comes. Let us close with our family prayer. We are grateful for you joining us here on Rutten Radio. Together, our Father, Father, we we thank thank you for your love and for your many blessings, especially for the precious gift of each other. Help us to show our gratitude by loving each other as you love us. Make us understanding and patient with one another, quick to admit our failings and ask forgiveness, generous in sharing the joy and strength we can give each other. Father, give our family lively faith and the courage to share with those around us. Direct us to the state and life you plan for each of us and help us to use your gifts to serve you. We entrust our family to your fatherly care. Preserve us from the corruption of the modern world and help us draw closer daily to you and to each other until we come to share with you the joys of heaven. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, help us to be a holy family. Amen. We'll see you next time right here at Rutten Radio on Real Presence Radio. You've been listening to Rutten Radio on Real Presence Radio. To hear today's episode again, visit our website, yourcatholicradiostation.com, and find it on the Sioux Falls podcast page. You can also find it on our app under podcasts and special events. And be sure to tune in for more Rutten Radio next month. Rotten Radio on the Real Presence Radio Network. Value Visor helps people and businesses discover, improve, and get the value from their businesses. With multi-certified valuation and mergers and acquisition advisors, they understand the complexities of valuations and negotiating in the mergers and acquisitions marketplace. For more information, you can contact Jameson Rounds, managing partner of Value Visor at 605-370-6931 or online at valuevisor.com. Real estate through Murphy Business, Dakota Lakes. 
Taking what you experience on Sunday in church and applying it during the week at work can be a challenge. This year's Faith and Business Conference is for business owners, managers, and those that seek to integrate their faith into the workplace. This year's conference features world-renowned speakers that will help you take faith principles and turn them into business practices. Learn how to take your Sunday into Monday on Thursday, August 8th at the Ramcota Hotel in Sioux Falls from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. For more information and tickets, go to faithinbusinessconference.com. The only things hotter than the summer heat are the rates to run radio spots on the RPR network. That's not all. The signal of Real Presence Radio reaches an audience of over 2.1 million people across North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. Hi, this is Brett Byler, Area Account Executive with Real Presence Radio, and I want to help you grow your business in front of a very faithful customer base. Don't wait. Call me, Brett Byler at 605-670-8333. 